Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My guest today is Republic of Ireland midfielder Conor Horan. We talk about his recent switch to Swansea and look back at his career so far. Thanks for this, Conor. No problem. I'm away from the family anyway. I'm down in Swansea in an apartment. So there's oh, you have they set you up an apartment already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just set me up straight. Do you know what? They've been absolutely fantastic, I have to say. You know, it's my first time in my career going out on loan. So it's kind of... Is it? Yeah, yeah. All my career, yeah. Never got... Plymouth... Barnsley, um, Villa, and now on loan at Swansea. First time ever at 30. Were you, you sceptical then about a loan move? Uh, no, I, I, I knew it was probably the right thing for me. Um, I was, you know, I've, I've got two daughters, a partner. Um, my, do- my, my second daughter's only about seven, eight weeks old. So right. it was a little bit leaving. Kind of, it's about two and a half hours away at Swansea. It's, it's locked down over here, same as Ireland. Um but for me to get into the best place possible come the summer, I knew I had to get out, really, you know, so... Like, how, how tough is that then, leaving the family, like... Yeah, yeah, not not easy, of course, you know. Um, like I said, because a newborn uh, makes it a little bit tougher. Um, oh, but it's a good excuse to get some good night's sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know the score, you know the score, yeah. But, um, no, listen, the club have been absolutely fantastic, in fairness. Straight into an apartment, um, you know, and, and just sort whatever I need. They've been, they've been brilliant, really have, really impressive. Did you get the view of the apartment before you went in? Yeah, viewed it, yeah. So there's a boat. There's, I could throw a stone. Down in Swansea, there's like a marina part, and it's down next to the beach. I could throw a stone out from my balcony to the beach. So hopefully when the, the months kick on a bit and the, the closer it gets to the end of the season, like it'd be, it'd be a lovely, lovely, no doubt. Is it because like a low move now? You're looking, maybe you have to take the next step in your career and go away from Villa, or do you think if, if you're yeah. from the way you are, you'll get back in? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. A time will tell, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm. I think I'm not really thinking too far ahead with this. You know, I know at the minute this is definitely the right thing for me. First and foremost, you know, playing, playing well, um, and and let's just see what happens over the coming months. Really, listen, Villa's a fantastic club, but you know, I've loved. I've been there four years now, and it's 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 just such a fantastic club. Great setup. You know, huge football club. Um, but listen, I know. They are moving on as well a little bit and going to a level maybe that, you know, the club may feel like is past my level. That's their opinion. So we'll just see what happens really come the summer. But Swansea, what, what, what attracts you to go there? Uh, are there other clubs interested? Yeah, the, yeah, there was a few. There was a few. There was Bournemouth was in there, um, you know, and one or two others. No, probably the position in the league that, that mm. they were in, um, you know, really up there pushing for promotion. And the manager, I'd spoken to the manager three or four times and it would have... Uh, have to take in, you know, a good move and kind of a, a bit of convincing to to move. Like I said, two daughters, newborn in the house. Um, but speaking to him made my decision very, very easy. He he he's, he was fantastic over the phone, and he's been fantastic since I've arrived face to face. So um, definitely made the right choice there. Do you know now what when you walk in 
to that dressing room, you're coming from Villa or flying this year, you've had promotions. Yeah. Do you instantly just feel lads, you know, you can walk in, you can be like the kid who's shy, or do you think lads are like, geez, this is some sign up for us? A little listen, it's all new club, you know what it's like. It's a little bit like first day at school, you're trying to find your own way, you know, kind of connect with someone. Um I didn't I knew one or two lads down here, but nothing too personally. I didn't know anyone that was I was really good friends with. Um, more daunting probably going into the Aston Villa dressing room um, because, you know, the names in the dressing room, I'm going mm. to a big football club. I'm not saying Swansea's not a big football club, but obviously the way I've evolved over the last four years, you know, dropping back down to the championship and coming into the Swansea dressing room definitely wasn't as daunting. Um, and listen, lads in a dressing room, they judge you on your performances and how what you're bringing to the, what you're contributing to the team. And for me to settle in really, really quickly has made my settling in period a piece of cake if I'm being honest with you you know so yeah but what's it like that first goal like um, a cross isn't yeah. it surely it is a cross yeah right? it was a cross listen there's no doubt but that was a cross the keeper made a mess of it if I'm being honest with you but it settled me in lovely you know um, you know the, the, the club I suppose Swansea have, have spent a couple of quid on me you know they've got um, into a good position and they want to try and they brought in a little bit of you know quality I suppose they would say um, to try and get them over the line so you know, to settle myself down and get a goal pretty much straight away is probably something that the manager wanted from more from his midfield was, you know, goals and assists and kind of affecting the game higher up the pitch. And um, for me to settle in the way I have really is, like I said, it's made my life a lot easier and it's taken the pressure off and I can go out now and just enjoy my football, you know? Yeah, like obviously there's been, um, last few years, so there's been, a, I would consider a big gap between the Premier League and Championship. But without fans... In the stadium, I think the Premier League has kind of slowed down a bit. Is there a big gap now when you've dropped down to the Championship? Because uh, there's no fans. Yeah, um, yeah, possibly. But the uh, until you play in the Premier League, and I think the, the kind of the normal fan um, probably don't appreciate the level of the Premier League. It's it's really top class. Like. Mm the players their physicality and the way they look after the ball and how they move it and the pace of passes and the tempo it's it's really at a top top class level and I always never played at the Premier League until I got promoted to the Premier League so I always thought is the gap that big or whatever you know what I mean but I would still say there is a big gap in clubs who get promoted look at Villa like we spent over 100 million when we got promoted and we barely stayed up um you know, so Do you think is, that's what happens to like some promoter clubs so they don't realise how big the gap is? Yeah, and possibly. then that's why they struggle the following year. Yeah, possibly. I suppose, listen, you look at Sheffield United and they probably stuck to the main core and didn't sign too many and it worked for them the first season. Obviously, I know it's not going well from this year. Um, you know, Wolves, when they got promoted, you know, didn't spend too much because they spent a lot of money in the championship on their foreign players who've gone on to be very, very good players. So it's a balance, I suppose, on how strong you, you kind of blitz the league. You know, Wolves kind of blitzed the league that year and kind of went down as one of the best championship teams in a long time. Um, you know, so it's it's it, there's definitely money to be spent if you want to close that gap. But you know, Sheffield United kind of didn't spend too much. I know they spent a few quid on a striker, a couple of strikers, but um, it worked from the first year and they didn't have not kicked on the second year. So I suppose it's um, every team's different, but the gap is I still feel is pretty big. Yeah. Uh, who's the player then when you did step up to the Premier League that you thought this guy's a different level? I know uh, people uh, always talk, but obviously you shared a pitch with somebody. Yeah, players. Um, over the couple of seasons that I played in the Premier League, um, someone that comes to mind, there's a few, obviously. I'm just trying to kind of pinpoint one. 
Um, I'll name a few, name a few. Yeah, listen, Kevin De Bruyne obviously comes to your mind straight away. Yeah. Um, you know, what a footballer. Um, just, just the way he looks after the ball and, and he's, he's, he's so much quicker than I thought as well. He glides past you. Mm. Um, you know, Mane, people like that, Salah, you know, the Man City and the Liverpool players really, you know, even, even players like, you know, people like Jordan Henderson, um, you know, who go underappreciated in teams. I think Jordan's probably getting his his fair share of praise now, but there's all top, top class players. You don't play at that level for that amount of time if you're not a good footballer, you know. Um, and then you've yeah. people like, you know, for me, one of the best players in the league is Jack, Jack Grealish, you know. He, he, he's just about to mention him. Yeah, for what, what's, what's the player? Um, you know, I joined the, the club, like I said, earlier on four years ago and he was at the club, obviously, because he's obviously been there his whole career and, the the improvement he's had over the four years since I've been at the club is is scary. He has gone on to another level every year. He's just upped it, you know, in the championship, upped it in the Premier League the first year we got there, upped it again this year. And uh, for me, he's one of the best players in the league. How good can he be? Is he good enough to go to Man City and start every week? Yeah, easy. Uh, honestly, no doubt about it. I, you know, I, listen... It's hard for me to say that he should leave or whatever, because I'm saying I'm still with the yeah. club, I'm still with Aston Villa. So it's hard for me to say too much about him. But he's got the quality. He's 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 running past defenders in the league like like they're not even there. And they're, these are top class defenders. Like I keep going on about the way he dribbles uh, dribbles past people. And if he faces you up in training, even you think I'm in trouble there. He just glides past you. It's scary how good he is. Um, like, do you remember when he was he was very close to joining Spurs? And yeah. I was thinking. That'd be a bad move for him because I couldn't see him starting in a sports team at that stage. But like, was was he really close? And what has just made him switch like that? It's something yeah. just the last two years. As far as far as I know, he was close from the point of view. Um, the first time we lost the playoff final against Fulham, um, the club were financially struggling a little bit. Um, the owner was kind of stepping away and not putting not putting too much funds into the club and. They were looking to sell a few players off him, being honest with you. So from that point of view, he probably was close because the club were looking for funds. Um, then obviously our American and Egyptian owners come in and they've got the world of money. So they kind of um, persuaded him to stay and be a big part of the club moving forward. Um, obviously he loves the club, so that was probably a big thing. Um, and the club has gone from strength to strength since and kind of moved with Jack through the levels, you know what I mean? So, mm. um, yeah, he... he he probably he's had a lot of you know belief and confidence from the club. Whoever the manager's been has always put their faith in Jack, and that's always nice for a player. You know, to go into a club knowing that you're really needed, you're really wanted, you're the main man, you're the captain. So that's obviously you know took him from strength to strength, and just him working on his game as well. You know, going to gym, he's so strong, um, staying out and doing extras, and just taking his game uh, really seriously. Uh, you know, if he wanted to get to that level, which he's showing now. Right, we'll go back to the, the start of the career, Sunderland. I know um, you didn't you didn't make a first team appearance, but what was that like? Yeah, listen, um, fantastic experience. Loved my three years there. Um, you know, at the time, Sunderland were you know middle of the table Premier League club. You know, so they had some very very good players. Fantastic setup. Very sad to see the way the club's going at the minute. You know, they're in League One and just can't seem to get out and get the club going again. It's it's sad to see, but. Um, no, loved my time there. A lot of Irish, big Irish connections at the time. Now, Quinn was involved at the club. Obviously, Roy brought me over. 
you know, you had people like uh, Moyler was there, John Egan, Cork people. Um, was Henderson there when you were there? Who's that, sorry? Henderson. Yeah, he was in my youth team. Jordan was in my youth team, yeah. Jordan Pickford was there. Um, Martin and was Rackham. Henderson then, was he the player you thought he would be? Because I remember Forreston actually gave out about the way he ran or something. Yeah, when, uh, he was always very good, but obviously to, to see what he's actually gone on and done probably is you know, exceeded my expectations for him. Um, but over the course of the couple of years that we played together, he, he, he really went from strength to strength in his game, hugely professional, um, took his, his, his craft really, really seriously. And someone I, I learned off really and kind of um, made me realise how um, dedicated you need to be to your, to, your, to your game and to your craft to, mm. to, to get a career in the game. And you made a move to Ipswich then, was it just the keen factor kind of drawing you there? Yeah, yeah. If I'm being honest with you, I had a year left at Sunderland, they offered me a, a new one-year deal, but I kind of felt like I was going nowhere. And like I said, they were in the Premier League and I was never really going to break into it because at the time I just, you know, wasn't good enough. I, you know, I was I was only a young lad. I was 19 at the time when I left. Um, I left and went to Ipswich for a year. They kind of matched the year and gave me a, a, just a one-year contract. Roy wanted to bring me down there. Um me looking back at it now, I was probably a little bit naive. I probably thought, oh, I'll go to the championship and play. be a great stepping stone mm. for me. But looking back at me being at Ipswich, I was never ready for that level either. I, you know, No wonder Roy never played me because I just wasn't ready physically, mentally. And I was probably wasn't good enough really either. So um, it didn't... Did you say that to you? No, not really. But I just, at the time, I was hoping and probably, like I said, naive enough that I would play. But looking back at it now, did you know, some good players um, for that level. And um, it just, I, I wasn't ready looking back at it now as a kind of did big 30-year-old, you know. Did you ever not think about going in? No, you were saying about a long move, going in, knocking the door, asking for run. Yeah, I, I tried. I tried a couple of times. Um, there was a, a chance to go to Lincoln um, when I around January time when I had six months left, but it never came mm. through. Uh, I was very disappointed at that. Lincoln were in League Two at the time. Um, because I thought that would have been a good stepping stone for myself. Um, and then Roy got sacked, um, mm. which was, wasn't easy for myself. And Paul Jewell came in with about four months to go. Um, and then Paul Jewell went very experienced, kind of didn't take any interest in the younger lads. And um, that was it till the end of the season, really. And then there was about five or six of us who were out of contract. And he said, listen, lads, I haven't really seen enough of you. He, he gave us all six months deals and I thought six months you know what it's like after a month or two you're getting judged on that six months you know what I mean and so it's never mm. really kind of a six month deal because you, you get judged very very quickly in this game as we know um, and Plymouth came along and, and, and offered me a chance to go down there and, and play and gave me a two year deal and I couldn't turn it down really and um, it was delighted to go really That's a big drop though like from going from the Premier League Championship, the League Two, in such a short period of time. I know Plymouth. Plymouth, to be fair, but I've been there. As facilities are good. Like yeah. You come in. It's not a League Two club. I would class yeah. it. So, was it any culture shock going in there for you? Um, no, I suppose first and foremost, I wanted to play football. I was desperate to play football. Um, and and with the security of a two-year deal and to give me a chance at being about twenty years old, it gave me a chance. Right, I've got two years here to make a name for myself. Get some games under my belt and Plymouth were struggling at the time they were in administration actually um, Peter Reid was the manager and the Sunderland connection with Peter Reid that's how he rang and, and kind of got hold of me Re Sunderland gave me a good reference 
Um, and that's why he came calling, really. And um, they didn't have too many players. I, I arrived at, at pre-season. I think they had about 12 players, maybe. And I thought, you know, what a chance I've got here. Right? Instead of looking at the negative side and, and thinking, yeah, oh, no, what am I doing here? There's 12 players. I thought, happy days. I'm going to play here. And, yeah. you know, that, honestly that's the way I saw it yeah you wouldn't be thinking about success you'd be just thinking about no. individual success yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play, yeah honestly it was I thought 12 players what an opportunity to play here League 2 good football club you know a big football club for League 2 standards as you said um, and I went from strength to strength really for me there which you know I took the opportunity with both hands what did you make of Peter Reid as a manager he, he was brilliant, if I've been honest with you. He, he was gone after, I think he lasted about eight, nine games. We had a shocking start. Like I said, the, you know, back then, the window um, kind of stayed open for a lot longer. You know, it went into like October mm-hmm. loans and all that kind of stuff. So um, the club we were still in administration at the time. Um, so we weren't signing too many players and we had a bad start. I think we lost seven and drew two. We hadn't won a game and, and they sacked them. Um, but I played all the games I was delighted to be doing what I was doing listen obviously I wanted to be winning games of course but I was learning on the job um, you know it's not easy to learn on the job but I was playing um, and, he, and he got sacked but he, he, was, he was great and I'll always be forever grateful to him for giving me this chance really uh, You lost that year at the Storebridge FC yeah. in the FA Cup what is that like and where is Storebridge? Uh, oh god I can't, don't even know where Storebridge I got sent off after nine minutes yeah, you didn't fancy it. You didn't fancy it. Yeah, do you know we? Um, I thought my career was over. I thought I got sent off after nine minutes here. I'm done for. I got no chance. And we, like you said, we got beat one nil at the time. Um, it was a disaster of a night. It, you know, it was it was on BT Sports at the time. You know, probably one yeah. of my first ever te- televised games. Mom and dad were watching at home. I got sent off the night after nine minutes. The commotion on the phone call after. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was on the way oh, home. Oh, you sent off. Or? Uh, early tackle yellow card and then I took a quick free kick the referee gave me two ye- a second yellow couldn't believe it oh my god <laughs> I, was, I was gutted it took me a long time to get over it but looking back now it was just it was just one of them learning, learning curves really you know it was always kind of like a club though like you said administration you're floating with relegation like yeah and John Sheridan comes in like he's obviously been manager here for Waterford and stuff made a bit of a name for himself in the short period what was he like he was brilliant he was um he made me captain first and foremost, which is fantastic for my own confidence. How does that conversation come about? Um, just, just, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember if I'm being honest because he never really pulled me into his office and said, you're my captain. Um, the captain at the time was Darren Purse, if you remember him. Yeah. Part of ex Birmingham City. Chef um, Wednesday, yeah, good set and a half. Um, he was getting, he was getting on a bit. He was about 35, didn't really play all the games. I kind of stood in as captain a couple of times, never really thought too much into it, you know what I mean? And as time went on, I kind of just kept the armband. He didn't really play a Percy at the time. Um, but John was fantastic with me. John, for people that mightn't know John too much in the playing career he had, he was a fantastic midfielder, really, really good midfielder. Um, you know, a top player for Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday were, you know, when he was playing, they were right up there in the premiership for many years. And he, he taught me a lot, positioning, you know, cue passes to play, um, and and he was a you know a good centre midfielder technically really good and showed me the ropes and a lot of things really so um, showed me tricks of the trade and all the rest of it so John John brought me on a lot. Do you think the fans don't get a hard to win over? Um, yeah, because I can remember playing in a friendly with Preston. I can remember right. one of the security guards. I was saying, "Geez, 
he's a good player, Irish, whatever. And he yeah. went, do you know why? He's finding it difficult at the moment with some supporters, like just to win him over. Yeah. I don't know why he was saying. Right. Um, yeah, possibly. I think um, at the time, like I said, we were struggling in League Two. And this is a, a club who are definitely a League One club. And is it because I, you're captain? Do you think maybe, you're struggling? You're the captain. Yeah, I'm, I'm captain. I'm uh, the, the club's struggling a little bit. You know, they Plymouth see themselves as minimum League One, possibly Championship. You know, because that's the way they have been over the years. Um, and we weren't winning too many games, and possibly I got the brunt of it. Or what did they think I was too young to be captain? I shouldn't have been captain. You know, I didn't fit the bill. You know, I'm not sure, but um, as far as I know, I know. You know, on Twitter, social media, they've only got nice things to say about me. But maybe mm. early on, when we when we were struggling, maybe I did get the brunt of it because I was a young captain, and maybe they thought I was too young for it. But the reason I ask is because of that Plymouth fan that you responded to <laughs> for years about playing yeah. the Premier League. Yeah. How, how much did you hold that in? How much motivation? For, yeah. For people who don't know, you'll have to say the story. Yeah, no, it, it's I was probably captain at the time, and I did an interview for a program as as lads do with the media teams at every football club, and it just kind of one of the questions I got asked: What's your dream or what you want to achieve in in your career? And I said playing in the Premier League, and the fan said, "We've all got dreams, but let's was it that's not a reality or something like that." I can't mm. remember what it was, and uh, yeah, it was just one of the moments where I thought. Not, not that I'm going to show you or anything like that. It was just, I never forgot it. It kind of hit me and was like, why won't there be a reality? I'm going to work my backside off to try and achieve it. And um, yeah, it's funny because I get asked about it now in every interview. It's for whatever reason. Um, but did, and, did you save that tweet or something? Because I'd be the opposite to you. I go, Jesus, he's right too. Like, No, no. Not that I saved it. I just, I just, I always remember it. And it was always something I've always wanted to do was tweet him back when I got to the Premier League and I'll be honest with you the night before I made my Premier League debut the name the team got named on a Friday night we were playing Spurs on away at uh, White Hart Lane at their new stadium and I went through my Twitter and found a tweet and I saved it till after the game and I said to myself if we get beat 10-0 or if we win 1-0 or whatever the score is I'm tweeting him and I'm, 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 I'm giving it to him I'm letting him know people have said oh Fair play to other people have said, God, that's a bit strange. It doesn't bother me, but it's something that I've always I always wanted to do. And did you ever go meet the guy? Uh, never not. Uh, he's, do you know what? He's reached out to me a couple of times and said, um, can can we have a chat? Or I'd love to meet up with you and all that. And I've just no, I've just blanked it. When you think of that now, just with social media and stuff, and it's so relevant now with the abuse and racial yeah. abuse that players are suffering. Have you ever suffered kind of any abuse? Uh, might have been racial, but that you thought this is over the top, right? Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. I think first and foremost, the, the racial abuse that some lads get at the minute is, I think, is a disgrace. I don't understand it. I don't know why people do it. I don't know what people achieve from it. Has it happened to any like teammates who played with yeah, Nick yeah. on the bus? Yeah, uh, not really mentioned it on the bus, but maybe someone's gone to the media team to make people aware of it, and then it's kind yeah. of escalated, and lads talk about it in the dressing room. I just, I just don't see. I just can't connect with it at all. I don't see why people mm. would do it. It's, it's disgusting, if I'm being honest with you. you know, just, like I said, it, it absolutely baffles me. This day and age, that people are still swooping to them laws to, to, to abuse people, whether it's the colour of your skin or whatever it may be, abuse people normally, you know, as in like giving out about decisions or you know, saying that you had a crap game in mm. life terms. You know what I mean? I just, I just don't get it. 
Um, but yeah, I suppose I, I've 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 had a few times off fans saying you were shocking or you were terrible or whatever, and it is what it is. You have to be so strong-minded now on social media. I think a lot of lads struggle with it. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 mentally can be draining for some lads. Um, Has but, it ever affected you? No, it really really hasn't. I'll be honest with you. Um, one of the things that I've used over the, over my years uh, playing is I've used a psychologist and right. it's not because I've struggled in any way and, I, and people always go to me you a psychologist have been struggling like, and it's no, not a lot, of, a lot of lads do that yeah a lot of lads do that. Sam Allardyce some players speaking yeah and I've used it and it's been massive for me I don't understand why when I moved from Plymouth to Barnsley I moved up a level to League One and I thought right what can I do here to make this work for me what 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 kind of extra yard can I go to and I asked a few people's advice and they said why don't you use a psychologist and become mentally really strong and it's been one of the best things I've ever done um, and you go back to things like social media and whatever it just doesn't affect me anymore with the, maybe what it did when I was young but um, I feel like mentally it's one of my strongest parts of my games no matter what comes in my way whether it's social media or a bad performance or a setback it's, it's mentally I'm really I feel I'm really strong so I just brush it off and crack on would you go see the psychologist like every week, once a week, or would it be or something bad, a bad game? Or say like the last few weeks you wrote a team of Villa, it's very easy to put your head down and go, Jesus, like. No, it's, you know, I speak to, um, I, to be honest with you, the psychologist that I've used for many years now, I've become really, really close friends with him. He's probably one of my closest friends in England. Um, mm. But people always, people always think for me that, oh, you must be going through a tough time in your personal life or you must be going through a tough time in your football life but for me it's I, I use it more when I'm at, at, at the top of my game to make myself mentally even stronger to keep myself at that level um, rather than use it when you have a dip in your form or a dip in your life and you think oh I need a psychologist to pick me back up here it's not always the, it's not always the way why you why do you have to use it when you're always low or going through a bad spell mm. use it when you're at your peak so you keep being at your peak as much as you can you know that's how I see it yeah no I agree with that I definitely think it's You've got the money, like not all of us have the money every week to do it. <laughs> no, but like, like everyone in football, you know, it's like they they yeah. they use the gym, they go out on the pitch, and they do, you know, technically they they look after their body and want to become technically better. But for some reason, everyone works from the neck down, and 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 sometimes don't train the upstairs, and the upstairs needs to be trained just as much. It's probably actually the most important thing in football, mentally, yeah, without, because. Yeah. Every time you make mistakes, someone's on top of you, and it's. You can I know myself? Jeez, you have a bad game. Someone's not. You're Saturday night, your weekend, you're you're just down and out. But yeah, fair play. But Barnsley, tell me, tell me about that. Barnsley, big move. Yeah, yeah. Barnsley, um, probably was the club then that probably put me on the map a little bit. You know, um, I just went from strength to strength there. Like I said, I did everything possible to make that a success. You know, psychologist, extras in the gym, extras outside, and. Um, you know, did everything possible to, to get the club promoted at the time and became captain there pretty early on. Um, I felt like, like I said, going back to the Plymouth time, John Sheridan kind of turned, turned me in from a boy to a man. So I, I felt I moved at the right time uh, with experience under my belt as being a captain and with a lot of league games under my belt. What kind um, of extras are you doing as a captain in, in England? What's the extra responsibilities? Barbing on the pitch, there's other stuff off it, is there? Yeah, yeah, loads of things. Just setting standards every day. I, I'd always, and I still am now, one of the first into, into the training room, one of the last off, uh, out of it, one of the first on the training pitch, one of the last off the training pitch. Um, 
and different responsibilities that the manager may give you, um, being the communication from the manager to the dressing room, um, you know, loads of little bits, bits and pieces like that. So was this Danny Wilson brought you to the club and yeah. what kind of what kind of is that first meeting with him like to get you away from Plymouth? Yeah, yeah, Danny Danny brought me to the club at the time. Um, you know, I was looking to move from Plymouth. I wanted to, I felt I did well there and I established established myself at the club and I wanted to try and move up, you know, to the next level to League One. Plymouth just what for whatever reason, um, you know, kind of weren't making the playoffs at the time. Um and Danny came along and um tried to sign me and it was one a move that I wanted to do and get to, you know, they were in League One at the time, just been relegated from the championship. So they had a good chance to go and going back up to the championship. And um yeah, he just convinced me that I'd I would i play and, and and better the team. And um that was the case really when I got there. Uh yeah, and I, I, I felt like a really good fit as soon as I got there, really. Yeah, the was the FA League trophy a big trophy to win? Because it is looked at as a Mickey Mouse tournament. Let's be yeah, yeah. It's it, I suppose, yeah, at the time, um, I felt it was a big thing to win because it was at Wembley and it was nice to go up the steps and win something. Mm. Um, and it felt massive at the time to do it. It felt like a great, great achievement. And I'm not downplaying it at all, but obviously, you know, playing in the Premier League and playing at international football and all the rest of it, you know, it probably is, it wasn't as big as what I thought at yeah. the time. Um, but it was, it was an amazing feeling at the time to captain the club to its first silverware in a, in a long time. Um, it's something I'll always be, look back on fond memories, really. Does the manager like appreciate it and the lads and you go like after us for a few days? Yeah, we had a bit of a do after, um, back at the hotel, family were all there and it was just, it was just nice. And what made it extra special really was that, um, we went on to get promoted that same season. So, mm. you know, whatever you can achieve in League One and League Two, you get promoted and win the Johnson Bay Trophy. That's what it was called at the time. And and we did both. So, you know, looking back at it, it was a very successful time for the club. What were the nerves like before that Millwall game? Um, before the Millwall game, it, that was the playoff final. If I'm being honest... Do you it, travel, how does it go the, like, the night before? And I'm always intrigued by people like the night before. Does it stay the same or do you have big meetings? Um, no, so we tra- we travelled down. You know what? Um, going back to the Johnson Payne Trophy, we that was on early April and the playoff final was May. And because we had played in Johnson Payne Trophy, experienced Wembley, experienced the routine of being down at Wembley, big crowds, the Wembley pitch, the Wembley dressing rooms, the day of the playoff final was very calm and relaxed because it was like, we've done this last month, lads. We've won here. We know the routine. And that that was definitely a big factor on us getting the upper hand on Millwall on that day because we had experienced it a month before. What's the celebration contrast compared to the... Yeah, yeah it was bigger. Um, we were going back to the championship, obviously, which was great. You know, to achieve, you know, getting promoted as a captain was always nice for myself. And it was an mm. interesting point for myself as well because... I was in my last year of my contract when we got promoted. So um, the club were coming to me with, you know, a deal and all the rest of it. And I suppose I've always backed myself in my career and I didn't sign that contract. And it was probably a risk because it was the first time me playing in the championship. But um, it was one that I wanted to go into and back myself. And um, lucky enough for myself, it went it went the right way. There's two players that stand out to me looking at your squad. Um, Dale Jennings went from Tranmere to Bayern Munich. What yeah. was he like at Barnsley yeah. then? Um, Dale was there in my early year, early time at Barnsley. So he left after the first year. Um, Dale was um, 
an interesting character, first and foremost. Um, but he was a scouser and he was just very angry yeah. and aggressive. Um, and was he angry because he just left Bayern Munich and you're like, how do you go Bayern Munich to yeah, Barnsley? Yeah, and he was technically decent and stuff like that. Um, no disrespect, no to Barnsley, but no, no, I know he's at Bayern Munich. I suppose he was probably on the way down his career a little bit and found it a little bit tough. Um, and never really got going, but you could see glimpses of, 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 of good, you know, ability from himself. Um, but after, after my first year at the club, he was in his last year, and they never gave him a new contract. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's, I think he's playing lower leagues now, maybe, but um, yeah. he never came back up through the leagues again. But he'd be getting the show, like anytime he does something bad and training, like, you know, Bayern Munich, my backside, like that's in the way. Yeah, so, you know what lads are like, I suppose, yeah, people may say stuff like that, how did he end up at Bayern Munich or whatever, but listen, sometimes lads are right players, right time, a bit of luck in their career, and uh, he was very, he was a home bird as well, he always wanted to go back to Liverpool, and he probably didn't settle over in Germany too well from what I know, and yeah, just, um, it just didn't work out for him, you know. What was Keith Tracy like? Because <laughs> he's obviously, he said, I've heard a lot of stories about him on other podcasts. He definitely was a man fond of a night out. Yeah, he was very fond of a night out, Keith. Yeah. Um, Keith, yeah. Did he ever bring you on those wing? Uh, no, never, never a one on one night out, but I I had, was it one or two Christmas dues with him? Um, yeah, like to drink. Uh, technically fantastic footballer, honestly. Both feet, left and right foot. Um, took corners with both feet. Um, was really, really good. And listen, I know he, he played for Ireland and he achieved, you know, he had a good footballing career, whatever you may call it. So it was a shame what happened to him, really, because, um, you know, he had the ability and the technical ability to be a really, really good player. And um, probably another one who, you know, started off at Blackburn, played in the Premier League a little bit, played for Ireland, was coming back down through the leagues a little bit and just kind of probably... Lost of that little bit of motivation, really, you know. But a nice lad, and like I said, technically yeah. very, very good. Like you were saying there a while ago, your ambition there to get into the Premier League. So when you hear of interest from Villa, when does that start, and how excited are you getting? Yeah, I was very fortunate, I suppose, at Barnsley. Um, I started the season off very well in the Championship. Um, you know, I really wanted to go out and achieve and 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 to be to be a success at that level. Um, I had six months left of my deal come January, so. There was always kind of whispers that clubs may come in for me and Barnsley might cash in on me to make a couple of quid on, on me because, you know, I'd only six months left or else run, run down my deal to the summer and go for free, which a club like Barnsley kind of, it would have been tough for them to do because they wanted to make their money. Um, and it probably started in, in and around December. Sheffield Wednesday, Fulham were the two clubs up until about Christmas time that were in for me. Um, two very good clubs in their own right. And Did then, you think after two years, boy, didn't I join Fulham when they got promoted that and day? Boy, they beat us in the final afterwards the year later, and I thought, is this a good decision or not? But um, no, um, Villa came in about two weeks before probably the end of the window, and I thought, Villa, what a, what a big football club. Yeah. Um, you know, I couldn't turn them down. I didn't want to go to Sheffield Wednesday because of the Barnsley connection, them being rivals. Didn't want to ruin that. Fulham was down in London. Being in the Midlands, it wasn't too much of a of a change geography-wise, um, only about an hour and a half, big football club, and they were really ambitious to try and get back to the Premier League, Aston Villa, so when they came in for me, really, it was a bit of a no-brainer in the end. What's that meeting like with Steve Bruce? Because obviously, growing up in Ireland, Steve Bruce is an icon, really, like United, unbelievable defender. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. Um, 
I went to his house probably about a week before signing to meet him and just to kind of make sure this is the right move for me and, and the right thing. Is he me. intimidating? No, he when was you very, walk into... Not, not really, if I'm being honest. He was very easygoing, very, you know, nice man, casual. Um, we had a good conversation. Uh, my agent was with me. Um, and he made me feel really relaxed, really. And that was a good thing, you know, if I was intimidated by him or I felt the conversation didn't go well, I wouldn't really... It would maybe have turned me off, but that wasn't the case. I met um, the Sheffield Wednesday manager maybe in and around the same week. Um, it was Carlos Calabahal at the time. Um, mm. And I just didn't feel his conversation went too well and I didn't get a great gut feeling from it. So um, the two conversations kind of went, one went didn't go great, I felt, and one went very, very well. So it made my decision a bit easier. Do you think that's so, that if a manager is at, say, I would consider Villa a bigger club than Wednesday, yeah. And do you think if, if a manager could actually make you sway to, to go to probably a, sw- a smaller club in, in one sense? Yeah, no, I'm, I'll probably look at it a little bit different. For me, I had um, had three years of playing at Plymouth, three years of playing at Barnsley, and I didn't want to go anywhere and sit on the bench. Um, that was a big one thing for me. Um, mm. It would have been the easier option probably for me, uh, geography-wise, to go to Sheffield Wednesday. I lived in Sheffield because Barnsley's next to Sheffield. So for me to go to Sheffield Wednesday, I could have stayed in the same house. Um, so it would have been easy for me to kind of go there but I, like I said I didn't want to ruin the connection with Barnsley um, but the conversation just went better with Steve Bruce and he was the club were spending a few quid at the time they were signing some good players and they were really ambitious to get back to the Premier League and that was something that I always wanted to do I, it was a big decision for me because I felt this was the best way for me to get to the Premier League whether it was Sheffield Wednesday Fulham Villa I, I felt this I have to pick the right club because this is this is my way to get to the Premier League. And uh, lucky enough for myself, I, I, choose, I chose the right club. You were saying about then a bit more intimidation walking into the Villa dressing room. What kind of players were you looking at going? Yeah, at the, time, was, I, I, at the time I was intimidated. I look back at it now and I probably laugh and think, why are we intimidated by him? Because I call him friends now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Mika Richards was there, um, you know, who had a very good career. Gabby Ed Bonglehor was there, um, who was, you know, Villa through and through, had a great career there. Um, Neil Taylor was there who I'm still close friends with now um, who came from Swansea um, mm. who else was there now at the time Mila Yedinak was there Crystal Palace um, and just lads who had been around the block really um, yeah. and, and, and I just felt like you know going no disrespect to Barnsley going from Barnsley to Villa is a different kettle of fish completely playing in front of probably 12-13,000 at Oakville at Barnsley to 40,000 at Villa Park you know, the tunnel at Villa Park, One of the, there, there's a big glass cupboard and in, right in the middle is the Champions League trophy and you think, this is a big football club, this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, Villa Park, you always hear the likes of, over the years I've heard Gerard, Gary Neville, they, Jamie Carragher, they always like coming and playing at Villa Park. It's such a kind of iconic stadium, you know? Um, and I just knew going in there, it was a big club um, and that's why I found it daunting, really. And then the following season, more daunting signings come in, no bigger than John Terry. Obviously, like the minute he walks in. Yeah, incredible. Um, incredible to, to say I've played, I've played with him for a year. Um, what an experience. Even though I know he was coming to the end of his career, learned so much off him. Himself, obviously an iconic player in the Premier League, uh, unbelievable career. He, he, he just lifted the dressing room from losing... Uh, sorry, from from kind of we, we finished mid table 
in the first six months I was there. Yeah. And then um, he came in, JT, and he, the manager brought in Robert Snodgrass as well, who was a very experienced player, good footballer. And John, obviously, in his own right, lifted the dressing room, but Snoddy did as well as a character. And the both of them really took us from mid-table championship to the continuous to be promotion, uh, promote, getting promoted. Um, but playing with JT was, was an amazing experience. Does he really wear three boots again? No, he used to. Not he didn't when he got to Villa, but he used to. Yeah, didn't he, he? yeah, that's a true story. Yeah, he used. He told me he used to wear one in the warm up, one one for the first half and one for the second half. Yeah, true story. Yeah. Why did he stop at Villa? I think it was just a phase. He didn't do it. He, he like did it for a few years. He was with Umbro at the time. Changed to Nike um, a few years later, and I think after he kind of left Umbro, he stopped doing it. So Nike wouldn't give him three pairs of boots again, basically. To pay uh, for him. If you want the three pairs of boots, you get them all right. But we spoke about that final against Fulham. What, what was the dressing room like after that? Yeah, really tough. I took that one really tough, if I'm being honest with you. You know, I, I felt was that my last chance, probably, you know, to get to the Premier League. I was 27, maybe, when we lost that final. So I felt like, am I going to get another chance? Um, you know, the likes of JT was leaving at the time. Snoddy was going back on loan to West Ham. Club was in a financial difficulty a little bit, so Sam Johnson, um, he left. Uh, Jack, Jack was on, on on about leaving, so and I just thought, are, are we gonna are we gonna struggle here? You know, um, but like I said, the new owners came in and club never looked back. And Twelve months later, it's a different story then against Derby. What's the yeah? What was and, that like? Is that the highlight of your career so far? Um, yeah, it's up there. It's up, for, up there for me, you know, to, to flip it on its head 12 months later and to achieve my dream of getting to the Premier League was an incredible feeling. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing, you know, a dream and a feeling that I'd love to relive again. Um, it, yeah, it would be right up there. The, play, the playoff final to get to the Premier League, playing in the Premier League and playing for Ireland are probably the three things that stick out in my head. Was there any part that you don't feared, like... Will I get a chance to play in the Premier League game after the playoffs when you start seeing a lot of players coming in that summer? Um, I suppose you always do a little bit, but for me, I felt like I was a big part of getting promoted and they, and, and, and a big reason why I felt like I'd get my chance in the Premier League is because they, they gave me a new deal in the summer. I think that was, a big for, that was big for me. I had a year left when we got promoted and I was like, right, are they going to kind of let me sit on this year or will I have to kind of move or will they kind of bring in players and I won't play? Where am I at with it all? And during the summer, during that summer, they offered me a new deal and I thought I was buzzing with it, you know, a new deal into the Premier League, you know, knew I was part of their plans definitely for the first year of, of being in the Premier League and um, yeah, to, to kind of have that cushion of, of going into the Premier League with a new deal, it was, it was nice for me confidence-wise really. You're on about a while ago to do like the difference in the level of championships to Prem. When did you first realise this is a different ball game? In the first game against Spurs, we played Spurs in the first game away. Um, we went up. You hung on that day, weren't you? You were doing well. Uh, yeah, we, we actually went up one nil. Um, John McGinn scored early on, but the second half was an onslaught. We did, we were we were camped in our own box on the edge of the box for the whole forty five minutes, and I thought we can't get out here. We can't get near the ball. They brought on Christian Eriksen, and you know Eriksen, with our mm. with, over the years, with against our, yeah, he's not a bad football. He's he was really really good that day, and um, they brought him on with about 30, 35 minutes to go, about 55, 60 minutes, and they changed the game for him. He he, he was sliding balls down the side for Son Kane, and uh, yeah, I knew it was these guys. I was like, these guys are good players. 
do you know what Keane was probably quite in the game and that was another mm-hmm. reason why I, I was on about these top players um, and he had two chances and banged two goals it was like the, and one of his finishes I, I, you probably can't remember the goals but one of his finishes was outrageous it was it was a joke um, and I just thought yeah these guys like I said these guys are good players Is he the best striker in the league do you think? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and to be fair, like speaking, Aguero. Um, I've had different experience with both players. They're both unbelievable players in their own rights. I've played against Aguero once or twice, and he's always knocked a few in as well. Kane always seems to score against Villa. Um, if I had to pick one, that's a good question. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one, but. I was just going to say on Kane, Tyrone Mings, Jack, Jack, who, who goes away with England, they rave about Kane, and they say his passing is outrageous. And you can just, you see probably for yourself this year, yeah. the assists he gets and plays through Sun every single week. Um, yeah, they say he's a top class player. Yeah. Um, just for you stayed up. Did you think he actually had a chance when you came back from lockdown? Was that the best thing to happen? To you? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Um, we were we were really struggling. Um, we were due to play Chelsea um, on on the Saturday, let's say, um, and on the Thursday, kind of coronavirus hit and things were getting cancelled left, right, and centre. And um, we got wind that the, the league was going to stop or that weekend's game was going to stop. But we thought, yeah, that's not a bad time because we were playing Chelsea. We were really struggling. Um, obviously, we didn't know that it would be cancelled for so long at the time. Um, but it gave it gave the, cl- the the squad and the club a chance to regroup and look at things and try and improve. And we did a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of meetings over the, the months. And we came back very prepared. It felt like we instead of playing Chelsea in the first game, we were we played Sheffield United in the first game. And no respect to Sheffield United, we mm. felt like maybe we could get a result off them and kick on. And we ended up drawing the game, and we felt that we we probably should have won it. Um, no, sorry, we ended up winning the game, didn't we? Sorry. Yeah, the ball over the line. Yeah, the ball over the line goal. So we kind of we, we kicked on from there and we took confidence from that and it was a great way to kind of come back and, and, and win the first game. I have to ask you as well, you beat West Ham last game of the season, stay up, you're celebrating in the dressing rooms. Do you see Roy Keane on Sky Sports giving out about you? Nah, I, I didn't I didn't at the time. I, I we did see it on social media after the game. What a lad saying, like. Oh, there was there was nothing that was going to take the joy off our faces that day. No, didn't didn't bother us in the slightest. Listen, I understand, Roy, like, top player, won countless. Oh, you can't understand that. Like you stayed up and he's giving out. Yeah, so he probably like, looks at it in a different way because he's so used to winning titles and all that, and he probably sees, you know, Villa staying up. What what you celebrating for? But for us to stay up, we were seven points behind with about four games to go or something. We were really out of our, you know, we, mm. we, we kind of against all odds stayed up so yeah nothing was going to kind of wipe the f- smiles off our faces that day you had an outbreak of COVID this year what was that like in the ground very very strange it, it was just one of them things the kind of the new strain is very you know it it, it goes around um, you know a lot quicker than the kind of the older strain um, we were someone tested positive um, and one thing less, led to the next and the more tests we got done the more people kind of became positive I think kind of they traced it back a little bit and they, they felt like maybe when we we had just played United at Old Trafford and we were travelling home people being on a coach in close contact or whatever you know what I mean they felt like maybe that was a spreader coming back from the game against United um, the mm. way people were kind of sitting close to each other or 
you know, you don't have to be sitting too close to each other. You know, you can be a few seats away, but you go to the toilet, you, you know, walk down the coach, whatever yeah. it may be, you know, you know what it's like. And they felt maybe that spreaded things. And um, yeah, it just, it, it was strange. We had, we had 10 days off. Um, but luckily enough, everyone's come back healthy and fit. And um, yeah, it was just a did strange the, time. Strange did time. the club do like Zoom training during those days off? No, no. So for the 10 days then, um, they dropped off like uh, a treadmill to us or a, or a walk bike. Weights, whatever you needed um, to keep yourself as fit as possible for the, for the 10 days that you couldn't leave the house. Um, so yeah, they did everything possible and they did the same for the first lockdown, dropped off whatever you needed to keep fit as best you could. Um, you know, for the kind of the six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it was. No, I can't remember that we were off. You said all in just one of your proudest moments. How proud were you making your debut? And how yeah. did you find out? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, something very, very proud, um, to achieve that. That was another thing that I always wanted to do play for Ireland. Uh, Martin O'Neill gave me my debut against Iceland he told me the night before that I was going to be playing um, so I was very excited obviously to go up and kind of knowing that that I was going to make my debut the next day was was amazing you know family were very excited they were all coming up from Dublin anyway um, to come to the game so it was great to have them in the crowd um, so yeah it was it was an amazing feeling and um, yeah it's always you know standing there for the national anthem is always an amazing thing you know over the years you know, going to GA games and all that kind of stuff and being in the crowd and the national anthem comes on. It, it, I always thought to myself, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? What a feeling being stood out there yourself, you know? Um, and, you know, every time I've stood out there for the national anthem, it's always such a special feeling, um, you know, to, to have the national anthem blaring. You're standing there, you know, proud as ever to, to wear the green jersey. You're talking about intimidated going into the villa, Justin. Were you intimidated going into the Irish squad? Um, not, not, not so much. Not so much. Um, listen, I was nervous, of course. Um, but Villa probably gave me um, that confidence to go into a dress room like that a little bit. Um, you know, not to be as daunted as much. Roy was on the staff, so I knew Roy a little bit. Um, John Egan was in the squad at similar time as me, so I knew John very well. Um, and they were very welcoming. To be fair, the, the lads there, you know, they're they're just a normal bunch of lads you know people like John O'Shea was there at the time Daryl Murphy who I knew um, from Sunderland he was at Sunderland with me John Murphy as well Myler was there so Myler was very welcoming I've known Myler well for many many years now so I knew going in there that I knew a few people to kind of you know to bed my way in and um, yeah it, it was an easy enough transition really. Was there any lads there that like you said you don't like a Premier League you don't realise till how good it is till you play in it was there any players in the Irish squad you went I didn't realise it was this good um, yeah there was a couple first one that comes to my head straight away is Wes Wes Hoolan really Wes always gets on him Wes really good footballer didn't realise he was you know it sounds disrespectful that good at the time um, when you're on his team in training he usually wins he's he, He's a magician in, in five sides, and then to play with him as well out on the pitch a few times was was always you know lovely to play with. Um, who else was would I could I say John O'Shea as well? Really old, wise head, really experienced. Can use both feet. He was probably coming to the end of his career at the time. But listen, you don't play at United for that long, you know, without being mm. a good footballer. As simple as that, really. Um, so probably them, them two probably stick out in my head straight away. One thing that would definitely make the change for me when 
Mick McCarthy comes in, you hear the new manager, you're going to have Mick McCarthy and then Stephen Kenny in two years. What's the kind of atmosphere around the dressing room going? Like, who's who's in charge here, kind of? Um, yeah, it was... Um... It was it was an interesting one. Uh, Mick came in. He was a breath of fresh air. Um, he was fantastic. He was, you know, a real um, players manager. Really looked after the mm. players. Um, gave the lads a lot of confidence. Made the um, environment very easy going. Um, the lads loved kind of joining up because you knew Mick was you know a laugh and a, just a great man. Um, but then obviously you heard about the Stephen Kenny news and with the whole coronavirus and all the rest of it, we weren't sure how it would pan out. And uh, Mick's tenure got cut short, which was disappointing at the time, but move on with Stephen. And um, and yeah, delighted to be a part with Stephen as well. It's been, it's been great. Do you think Mick would have liked to have stayed for a playoff game? Yeah, you'd imagine so. I, he probably felt like he, he probably got cut short a little bit. Um, you would have liked to have taken that playoff game, no doubt about it, but... Listen, obviously the FAI made a decision to go with Stephen. And um, yeah, listen, only only great thanks again to Mick. You know, Martin gave my, my debut. Mick gave me a lot of caps as well. So, you know, it really, really enjoyed my time with Mick. It was great. Mm. And what do you think at the moment? I spoke to Kevin Long about this with the Irish team. What do you think is costing them just that first victory at the moment? Because he said it's going to take time because obviously the new style. What do you think it is at the moment? I think... Um, First and foremost, Steve's had a really tough time um, with the coronavirus situation. There's no mm. doubt about that. The amount of cases that the team has had since every trip that Stephen's met up. But I think possibly, listen, I'm, I'm not saying this you know, gospel, but he, he probably got his be- one of his best teams out against Slovakia. Um, and we played our best stuff, in my opinion, in that game. Yeah. Unfortunate to lose. Why should have scored? You know, losing on penalties. So that was that was that was probably one of the only games he had a very strong team to pick from, um, and there was great signs from that game. Other than that, really, you know, there was seven, eight, nine pullouts. Like for a, for a country like Ireland, you can't cope with that many pullouts. You know what I mean? Um, it was always going to be an uphill uphill battle to win games. So listen, hopefully, come March, um, you know, coronavirus may have eased a little bit. Hopefully, we're moving in the right direction. And um, he'll get a, a very, you know, his best squad together and, and he can pick his best team. Yeah. I suppose before I let you go, two questions. The best player you've played with and the best player you've played against? Um, the best player i played with, I'd have to say Jack. Um, it's, fo- it's kind of followed by John Terry because uh, John, um, his football brain was incredible. Um, but he was coming to the end of his career. Um, his passing was unbelievable. But... Because just because I played with Jack for four years of my, you know, since the day I went into Villa and see how much he's improved and the player he's become today, um, I'd have to say Jack is the best player I've played with and the best player I've played against probably Kevin De Bruyne. Um, like I said, I've played against him three or four times now and it's, you know, it's always been a tough, tough day. I know I said that was the last question, but I've said the best team you've played against. Even yeah. though Liverpool won the league last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, if you ask me, who would you prefer to play against, you know, City or Liverpool in a one-off game? Liverpool, without a doubt. City can destroy you. Like, they can make you feel like an amateur player. The way they pass the ball, you don't get near the ball, you don't touch the ball at times for long periods of the game. Whereas Liverpool aren't as 
fluent in their play, but they're really aggressive on their press and stuff like that, and really relentless in their in their style. But um, yeah, Man City are, are, are for me personally a, a tougher team to play against. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Connor. No problem. Best pleasure. luck for the rest of the season. Thanks. No problem at all. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.